Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. It's so great to see you and thank you for choosing CIU and thank you for returning to CIU, our largest number of returnees in many years and we're thrilled that we get to be part of your life. We know God has led you here and this year we dedicate to the Lord but we also dedicate to you. Over the summer and leading up to these moments, I've spent a lot of time thinking about you. I know we come from different generations. I'm just a little bit older, a little more gray than you are. And yes, I know I'm not cool anymore because my 17-year-old reminds me of that often. <laughs> but just because our age is different, it doesn't mean I'm unaware of what you are facing. And I do believe in this generation. I said to someone recently, if I did not believe in you, I would resign tomorrow. But I believe in you and your generation, and I'm not a skeptic about you. And I know you don't want me to get up and preach to you about Jesus. You want me to show you Jesus and live Jesus before you and to be the real deal in this generation. You're tired of hypocrisy. You want to know what is truth. And I commit to you with this faculty and staff that we will show you Jesus. You know, the media and the world focuses on problems and blame. But I challenge you to focus on the blessings God gives. The media and the world focus on people's problems. But I want to offer you a Savior's solutions. Amen? God can make us better. So let me share a little with you from my heart. This summer I was called to prayer for you. For the last 21 days, we've had on the walls all of your names posted, and many faculty and staff have joined from 9 to 10 coming over and praying every day. I have tried to call your name before the Lord many, many times, and many of our faculty and staff have. We met in chapel for that hour from 9 to 10, and others who couldn't meet in chapel met at their desk. Some of your professors prayed over you time and time again. You say, why would you do that, Dr. Smith? It's because we care about you. We desperately want you to experience the power, the authentic power and love of Jesus Christ. And I commit to you that your administration, your professors, and your leaders will pour into your life this year. I didn't say we'll be perfect. I've learned after 25 years in administration that I can make mistakes, and I do make mistakes. But I promise this, we will invest in you, and I will give you everything we can this year to invest in your life, to make you a person of truth. With that being said, I want to share with you the theme that we've chosen this year. Declare the word. Declare the word is closely associated with one of our five core values, the authority of Scripture. And so on a couple of weeks ago, I shared with the faculty how we could declare the word this year, embrace God's word as the truth, the transformation, and the training. And then after I spoke that, I 
ask the student admissions team to go out and tell me what all I did wrong and how I could connect to you. So this morning's message was written by the student admissions team. If you don't like it, you can get after them, okay? They did give me some great insights, so it's changed substantially so that I could relate to you because they're all young and they relate more and I want, wanted their input. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for the salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, <clears throat> for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3.16 starts with, All Scripture is breathed out by God. I want to start this morning first by calling you to embrace God's Word as truth. I invite you this year, no matter where you are at and what you are doing, to be open to God's truth. It's God-breathed. Jesus reminds us, if you continue in my Word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know truth, and the truth will make you free. Here at CIU, we believe in speaking the truth of God's Word. We believe that all Scripture is God-breathed. That is not an ordinary book, the Bible. That is not just another teaching. These words were breathed out by God. Theonustos in the original language. God breathed. And we've committed to helping young men and women embrace this now going into almost a hundred years. Next year, we will start our hundredth year celebration. But let me read you what was said 95 years ago. The board wrote this. If you think things have changed drastically, listen to what they said 95 years ago. We are working with young men and women who come from high schools and colleges who are told directly or by inference that the idea of divine inspiration of the Bible was given up by intelligent people 50 years ago. Many Christian young people are genuinely troubled by what they are believing concerning Christian doctrine and how to adjust it to today's new knowledge. Christian leaders are needed they are needed to be well-equipped to meet today's problems. Leaders who stand on the Word of God, leaders themselves who are skillful in helping others to the rock. Does that sound familiar for today? In a world, even though that was written 95 years ago, in a world and culture that today knows no truth and challenges anyone who understands truth, or says they have truth, you can see the pressure we are under. You're troubled about what to believe. Let me tell you, the only sure foundation that I have found in my 55 years of life is God's Word. The world would have you believe another opinion. But students, please hear my heart. 
There are so many voices that want to persuade you otherwise. But don't follow opinions of people or culture. They will let you down. But today you can be confident in embracing the truth of God's Word. It's authoritative. It's God-breathed. Our deans, Dr. Crodo, who is here currently right here, Dr. Harvey, who has been here previously as dean, our deans summarize God's Word in this way. The Holy Spirit is the one who carried along the human author to ex the exact destination that he had in mind for them. The Bible is the ultimate foundation and the final authority in every aspect of our lives. We believe that God's Word is the authoritative truth. That is CIU. And so as you come to CIU, all the lenses through which you must filter is God's Word. We want you to embrace the truth of God's Word. There will be many people who will object, and it's happened all throughout history. In fact, the famous French philosopher Voltaire said in 1776, a hundred years from now, the Bible will not even be in any place but a museum. Well, a hundred years after his death, the French Bible Society set up its headquarters in Voltaire's home, and millions of people were reading the Word of God. I love that. That's how the Word of God will never, ever go away. How did the Word of God respond, or God's Word respond to Voltaire's objections? It established it right in the man's home. I love that. So first, I'm asking you to embrace truth in your life. There's no moving forward until this happens. Will you embrace the word of truth? Your faculty will have that lens as they teach you because we don't want to teach you a lot of false opinions and man-made ideas. We will give you current and up-to-date philosophies and understandings of subject matter, but the lens of truth will be God's word. And I believe Jesus is asking you as we start this year, will you embrace truth in your life? Students, will you decide this year what is the authority in your life? Let me address it in a very current, probably the most important topic of our day with regard to the authority of truth in your life and God's Word, human sexuality. What does God words, God's Word have to say about this? Matthew 19, 4 and 5 says this, Haven't you heard that at the beginning God created male and female? For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become flesh. This is not something that you need to get mad about with regard to Dr. Smith. This is... God's design. If you want to be happy, it's God's design. I love it because I have 35 years with a beautiful lady down here. And it has been a wonderful, peaceful home, despite many problems that we all have. But that's God's design. 
Let me show you just in a little more humorous way. God's design is this. It's beautiful. He created male and female. Marriage, he said, be fruitful and multiply. There's nothing so beautiful as that. Genesis 1:28. The world's design is what? Before marriage, we will be involved sexually. That's not God's design. God's design is not that at all. Nor is it two men and two women living together, as is the popular opinion today. There's a lot of you that are going through gender dysphoria. You don't understand because you're hearing the world say, this is the way, here's the popular opinions. The news media and all the the folks of the world are saying, this is the way to do it. Now, the answer is right now, I see some uneasiness, I see some laughter, I see you looking at me, and you're saying, Dr. Smith, all I've done today is give you what the Word says. Will you allow God's truth to be the authority on your life? Or will you totally live in a dysfunctional life that's not designed by God? The question is, will you accept authority for truth? This year, one of my good friends who's in a Bible study starting this fall with me is a player from the Seattle Seahawks. He played safety for the Florida State, was one of the top players ever. And Michael Boulware has played five years as safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He lives here in Columbia. We've become close friends Michael instructs me in my life. I try to do likewise in his. And so we are starting a two-year Bible study this year, working together every week through the Word of God. Michael recently told me this. He said, Dr. Smith, and by the way, he's coming to share his story in chapel with you. He said, tell your students that my wife, who was just voted the top athlete in Florida State's history, a softball player, the top athlete in Florida State's history. Here's what he said. My wife and I went through four years of college as All-Americans. We went through five years of me playing football for the Seattle Seahawks. And he said, tell your students that in that nine years, my wife and I stayed pure. We are married today with two beautiful children, and we had the power of God and the Word of God that helped us to stay pure in our lives. Some of you don't think that's possible. And some of you have already violated God's Word. But you can start today saying, wait, I will allow the authority of Scripture to be the truth in my life. Will you? Will you? Secondly, truth has the power to transform lives. I want you to embrace God's Word for transformation. The Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3.15, And from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The power of the gospel. Students, there's only one thing you need to know and understand this year, 
and that is to test for life. When you stand before God, one thing you will have to answer for to pass his test with regard to the Bible is your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you allowed him to transform your life? You see, the reason you, some of you were looking at me and a little uncomfortable with what I was saying about sexuality is because you haven't experienced the new life, the transforming power of the gospel in your life. But recently, I love it, some of you did that. And I want to give you some examples of others who have allowed the Word of God to transform their lives. Jackie Huff, a student at Ohio Christian. I went every day and bought a milkshake from her at a little snack shack. When the milkshake was three fifty, when I say every day, every week, let me clarify. I didn't go every day, okay? I like... I like peanut butter chocolate shakes. Anybody with me there? Okay. So I would go once a week and I'd stop by the little snack shack and Jackie was there. And I would say to Jackie, you need to come to a Christian. And she'd look at me. She'd say, why? Well, I need you there for a lot of reasons. What do you do? She'd tell me. She's the number one, one of the number one pictures around and great little gal and, I, and I'd love to talk to her. So I'd go and I'd buy the shake for three fifty, and I'd give her a $10 bill for her little tip. Come by when I'm buying shakes or work where I'm buying shakes. It helps out. So we had a time of over a year getting to know each other just because I'd buy a shake. And I went and bought shakes when I didn't want shakes just because I wanted to get to know Jackie. Jackie ended up transferring from Chillicothe University, Ohio University, Chillicothe, and coming to Ohio Christian. And here's her story. She said, the first time I walked into chapel on the first day when you spoke, and then the next week when we had Christian Life Week, she said, I went forward on the first day and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. <laughs> the power of God began to work in her life. She went to four years of school an Ohio Christian. When I moved here, I didn't know it, but I'm walking across campus and Jackie comes and she says, Dr. Smith, I'm here. She said, I'm at Columbia working on my master's degree in counseling. And then she had a tragedy happen. Her fiance, who she, whom she was marrying in about two months, got killed in a traffic accident. And she came running into my office. Miss Germany was there. And she came into my arms crying and said, Dr. Smith, I know you love me. I didn't know where else to go. And I spent time with her, with Miss Germany in the office that day and helped her get back to Ohio and gave her some money to get through the time of funeral expenses. And Jackie is the coach of softball at Ohio Christian University now. She said to me, the power of God, the transforming love of Ohio Christian and CIU changed my life forever. Well, you say, does God do that at CIU now? Well, I'll never forget standing in chapel when a young man visited chapel, looked over at him and began talking to him. He had just come out of a very serious situation. Things weren't going well in his life, and he had lost his basketball scholarship, I believe, and had decided to get here where he could be a part of a great program. And Coach Stockman brought him in, and he began to work 
Every time I'd see Jeff at a basketball game or anywhere, he'd come and give me a big hug. Big 16 guy, player of the year, CIU just a couple of years ago. Jeff recently needed a car and came to me and said, Dr. Smith, I need about $3,000, so I need to get a car. I've got a wonderful opportunity for a job. And so Jeff has come by numerous times and, and has just been my friend. And so I helped him get the dollars to get his car, and we just started loving on him. And it's been a two-year relationship of loving this man. And here's what he told me. With God's Word impacting my life, Without God's Word impacting my life, I wouldn't be the successful man that I am today. Letting others see Christ in me has improved my relationship with people, but most of all has improved my relationship with God. That's our own CIU basketball player. Come on, Jeff, you've got to give me that hug one more time. Come on, man. Love you, Mark. <laughs> at least he smells good this time. All those sweaty, all those sweaty hugs at a ball game. He always hugged me. I'd be in a suit and he'd still hug me. But I love this guy. He told me that this place and God's word forever changed his life. And man, he's got an awesome job now that God's using him in. Stefan Vaslov came to playing basketball. Stefan was at Ohio Christian University. He said, I came to the university to play basketball. And I also knew I needed to get my life together. But while I was there, I found faith alone in Christ. I found what I really needed. And I left transformed by the Word of God with a passion to serve people. You say, why are you telling that story? This year, the guy who helps me do sermons and researches for me, who's sitting right up there, is here at CIU. The Word of God transformed him. Steph, stand up. Are you there? Right over here. And for you basketball players who think you're great, I've never to this day seen anybody take over a game like Steph would. He absolutely, in crunch time, would not lose. And you got to have that. You might want to talk to him and ask him how he did that. He was good. But you know what? Recently, we had our spiritual retreat. And you know what I loved? We had athletes who went to the retreat. And I heard from Adrian and from Darren, our AD, that over 70 of you rededicated your lives or embraced the transforming power of God for your life. I want this to be the best year we've ever had. And I declare the Word of God to be the transforming power in your lives. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus can, that can transform you. It's the Holy Spirit who does a work in your life to make you able to live daily so that you're pure, sexually 
You're pure in your lives, and you are children of God. It's the Word that will do that in your life. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, when I look at myself, I do not see how I can be saved. But when I look at Christ, I don't see how I can be lost. Again, I ask you, will you allow God to transform your lives this year? Our coaches will be there for you to help you live the transformed life. Our faculty will be there with you to teach you the transformed life. Our administration is putting our mouth, our words, our actions behind this year of declaring the word. In fact, at noons every day, noon every day, you're going to hear the word being played over speakers out in the commons area. Why? Because the word of God transforms lives. Thirdly, as I close, will you this year Embrace the Word of God for training in your life. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says the Word of God is profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good word. Psalms 119.9 is a verse that I memorized as a young man to help me keep pure. And says something like this, How shall a young man keep his ways pure? By taking heed to God's word. I've said that verse a thousand times when I was tempted to do wrong. How shall I keep pure? By taking heed to God's word. See, the word will teach you on the right path. It will persuade you It will reprove you. It will show you when you are making wrong turns. It will bring you into alignment, back in the right path. The Word will train you for righteousness. That's why we teach the Word here. It's a good life. The Greek word here is paideon. The Word describes instruction that trains someone to reach their full development. It's the whole training of an individual. I could take many, many lessons on that word and talk about it if you look at it in the original language, but I don't have time today. But I am reminded in Matthew 18, 3, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, we must all now be like children again. Now, we want you to grow up. We don't need any fits and anger spells. That's not what I'm talking about. This word actually talks about development of the mind, development of your moral character. It talks about overall the maturing process. You are right now in the place that will mature you and start leading you in the right direction for life. It's a beautiful picture of a word. The Word will make you complete, the Scripture says, fully equipped for everything you will face. You are in your equipping time. You are in your maturing time. You are in your learning time. You have hundreds of decisions that will face you over the next few years. How will you be influenced? How will you make them? How will you train your mind? Will you allow God's Word to train you? Remember in basketball... 
I used to coach, believe it or not. Basketball suicides. Anybody running those yet? In football, my boy's out in this 100-degree heat. He says, Dad, they're throwing up everywhere in practice. Run, run, run. Anybody play football? You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. I've done it. Track all those extra laps when you think you can't make it. You're working. You're competing. You're practicing to win. At times, it's painful. This process that we're going through of teaching and training and instruction is painful as we become more complete. My last illustration, I'll illustrate it this way. A few years ago, I met a man named Dr. John Maxwell. He will be here on this campus, and some of you have already met him. Some would wonder why I'm close to John Maxwell. John was uh, younger. I admired him. He had trained leaders in 196 countries. His missionary organization, Equip, had agreed to develop curriculum for all 196 countries, which they have sent that curriculum there on godly leadership. I, along with Dr. Christman and some others, developed the area of Argentina as we flew and did training. John sold over 40 million books. He gets about $200,000 a day to speak. Now I got your attention? You want to be like that? That's a pretty good salary. I'd take it. I'd take it, wouldn't you? 200000 a day? This man had it. He recently trained the United Nations president on the day of training, and while he was there, he felt impressed to ask him if he knew Jesus, and the United Nations president brought him back for a day to learn about Jesus Christ. He didn't know Jesus Christ. John was recently with the king of Saudi Arabia doing training there, and God again used him as the Saudi princes asked questions about Jesus. I wanted to learn from this man. 20 years ago when I met him, he was doing a lot of these things, and I thought, wow, I want to learn. So I walked up to him and I said, could I learn from you, Dr. Maxwell? He looked at me and said, Mark, you didn't know it, but I've been watching you. I served on the board where you serve. He said, I've been watching you, and you're the kind of young man I would like to invest in. I was 35 years old. He said, the only way I'll do it, though, is if you do it my way. He said, I want to meet with you two weeks a year. It's going to cost you typically $10,000 for those two weeks where we'll travel overseas. We'll learn how to talk to leaders, and I'll pour into you. We'll be on flights together, and I'll invest in you. So I did it. The last 20 years, I added up probably about $500,000 that I've invested in maturing and completing myself. A man who's written... Over a hundred books on leadership. I can learn much. There was a time when he looked at me one day and said, may I stop by, may I come by and see you? I said, sure. He said, we're going to go for three hours tonight. I'm going to pick a restaurant. And that night we sat for three hours in the restaurant. And when we got done, he, I pulled out a $20 bill to tip the person because our meal was like, that would have been more, like 30%. And he said, no, we took three hours of our time. And he laid out a $100 bill and he taught me. I took their time. I took their table. He taught me. That night, though, he looked at me and said, Mark, you have a character flaw. I want to talk to you about it. And for three hours, the most painful process 
of working through me and what I had done and what he had observed. It was painful. For weeks, it was painful. I look today, and I realize if I hadn't done the hard work, the painful work, allowing God's Word that He poured into me, John Maxwell poured into me that night, to transform my life and to instruct me, I would probably have fallen in ministry or I would probably not be in ministry. Dr. Maxwell has given me instruction and challenged me and given me pep talks and addressed character flaws and leadership flaws. And I've traveled with him places all around the world. After 20 years of doing that, not long ago, he called his 100 leaders together and we met in California. That night, when you have the Chris Hodges who has pastored a church of 30,000 and numerous others like that, and I'm there, and I'm the least among them. In the session, he calls me up front, and he says, I want to in introduce the man who has the greatest heart for evangelism I know. And he presented me this. This is made in Paraguay from the 300 children who live in a dump, and they take and make these violins, and they have an orchestra I dare you to go on the internet and watch the Children of the Dump Orchestra. As I sat there, I thought, wow, out of all these great, great pastors and business leaders, God has allowed me to receive this. This is one of my most prized possessions, a heart for evangelism. And as I was preparing this, I thought, students, the reason was because I allowed God's Word to reprove me, correct me, and a man of God to challenge me to become the person I needed to be. That's what CIU and these faculty and staff will do for you. Open your heart to the painful yet enjoyable process of being instructed by God's Word. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.